0: Good evening and welcome into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Schopter, C70 at the bat, at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Tara Nichols from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellman on Twitter. Coming to you for the second time in three weeks after a perfect Cardinal week. Um, And for the second time in two weeks, Tara, we could talk about an Albert Pujols multi-homer game if we want to uh let's just start with albert i know i I, we've got other lots of other things but let's talk about the fact albert has you know a multi-homer game last night he has the pinch hit grand slam he is now at 692 i know we talked a lot about him last week but i don't think we can talk enough about what albert pujols is doing with his team right now
1: this is so much fun we've talked A number of times, I know I talked with Alex on the that podcast in years past. I mean, this is an ongoing thing, saying that man, this Cardinals team, even when they're winning, they're not that entertaining. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The last couple of weeks have flipped that on its head because this team, and it's not just Albert Pujols, but that is an incredible storyline that I still can't believe we're getting to witness as reality, and. To see this last couple of weeks, to see this last month, month and a half, however far back you want to go, second half Albert Pools, all of a sudden is not just a good story, but he's a really key contributor to this team. And the the moments that he's creating don't feel like they should be real. They feel like they're it's a movie script. And of course it's going to play out that way because it's a movie script <laughs> rather than real life. That Grand Slam... Was one of the, I, again, the, he's creating these moments where I feel like every couple of days I'm saying that's the most fun I've had watching baseball in a long time. <laughs> and then a couple of days later, you know, another multi-home run game. And all of a sudden the race to 700 doesn't seem like this far-fetched idea. It seems like, wait, I'm doing the math. I'm looking at the weeks left in, in the season. And like, it's actually very possible at this point. Maybe not probable, I, I guess, if you want to throw that caveat in there, but it's certainly possible. And it wasn't you know, six weeks ago. So another week of seeing that and of seeing just the reactions to him on the road and seeing that not only are we watching the the final trip around the the baseball sun, if you will, um, for one of the greatest players to play the game. I mean, these are the kinds of things that I, I do feel like we missed out on when he was in California, right, getting to mm-hmm. see oh, he's moving up this list next to these names of guys who are generations ahead of him in terms of their time in baseball. There's there are very few players on the list that he's on now that are peers of Albert Pujols. We're talking mm-hmm. about the the legends, absolute legends of the game, and he's putting his final stamp on all of that so getting to see this part of it um i feel like if it had been with any other team it would have been cool to see from a distance and you know it have felt like oh congrats on on this cool thing that you did but seeing it up close and seeing it with the energy that he has as a, a cardinal right now it's just it's something i didn't think we were going to get to see um and i'm really glad we're getting to see it
0: yeah the closest i mean i should pull up the leaderboard for total bases because albert of course passed stan usual which is you know that's that rings even truer than some yeah. of these other names when you start talking and you know Stan stand into this past stanford second on the total bases list you have to go to 16th um miguel cabrera to have somebody that's still active um now adrian beltrace 14th and he just retired what a couple years ago it feels like now um after that, Robinson Cano, who, quote, quote, active, I guess, because he's bouncing yes. around the minor leagues and stuff like that, uh, 63rd. Um, so, yeah, you're right. These are not people that this doesn't, this doesn't happen. I mean, right. you know, it's and it's so much different. I guess the last guy, if you can't look at this list, the last guy that really did any of this stuff was like Alex Rodriguez. Right. But mm-hmm. that was so different because of the polarization around Arod and the right. steroid issues and things like that this truly feels like not only are cardinal fans celebrating but all of baseball is celebrating this yep. everybody everybody in baseball is excited i was look i've got lists uh for twitter and i look at the brewers list and you know there's guys on there saying i don't like the fact that albert pujols is helping the cardinals win <laughs> but i've got to appreciate what albert pujols is doing Um, and and so that's it's incredible to to watch and you're right i mean it may be beneficial the fact that the cardinals are playing a lot of teams out of the race Mm -hmm. in the last last little bit and hopefully they can pull up a lead so this is these teams don't feel like they're needing to play spoiler or something because i mean right now if there's a lefty reliever on the mound and Albert Pujols comes in, you know, I think if you're trying to, you know, really trying to win the game, you know, you go to a righty or something like that. But if the game doesn't matter to the other side, you know, Hey, I want to see what Albert Pujols will do you know? So they may, he may get a few more opportunities that way, if at all possible, because he's going to need to, I I don't think we'll see him against righties that often. Right. I mean, unless it's a situation where he started the game and, you know, Relievers come in, but so that's that's the other factor. That's what's what bothers me. I think if it was he's hitting them against righties and lefties, yeah, I think he'd make it, but I just don't know how many left handers he's going to see over the last five weeks,
1: yeah. And I think that's where in my mind I'm trying not to get too attached to that 700 idea because Mm -hmm. there are so many ways that it doesn't happen. Um, but even if it doesn't, the fact that with and I keep having to remind myself there's that October week of baseball, too, because of the season getting pushed back. So we're not quite as close to the end of the season as it feels like we are, mm-hmm. as we normally would be. Um, so, you know, when you do the the actual math and see what he's done in the last, you know, six, seven weeks, uh, all of a sudden it's like, well, it. it It may not be likely. It may not be something that, you know, everybody can say, oh, it's definitely going to happen. Although my Twitter poll would say otherwise (laughs) Uh, might have been a little emotionally charged in some of those responses immediately after uh, 691 and then 692. (laughs) But um, it's it's close enough to a a reality, to a possibility that I want to watch every single at bat now more than I did before, because I didn't think this was possible. So what else that seemed impossible could possibly happen as well?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be incredible down the stretch to see what he can do. You know, it was almost slightly a disappointment when we only singled today. Um, Yeah. You know, it's like,
1: he's like five for five in his last five at bats with two home runs and we were disappointed.
0: Yeah. Oh, he hit (laughs) what? Over the week, he hit like close to it was over five hundred. I think yeah. you know with all these home runs, and it's just it's crazy to think it, as as Dan McLaughlin said today, it's kind of crazy that we're like, let's skip Goldie and Arenado, let's get to Pujols. Yeah. You know, I mean, especially are... the way
1: that they're playing right now, exactly. which is not anything to to skip over. We're we're talking yesterday that man, the Cardinals right now should be one of the lead national stories in baseball because. Mm-hmm. Not only do you have, yes, okay, the feel-good retirement seasons for Pujols, Molina, potentially Wainwright, but how great has Adam Wainwright been? How much of a lock is Paul Goldschmidt on that NL MVP? And Arnato's right on his heels and doing crazy defensive things that, um, you know, light up a, a, a field and a stadium and the broadcast and all of those things, plus Albert Pujols' chasing history i mean it it, it's hard to it's hard to see another team right now that has as many sort of baseball sized stories than the cardinals have right now which is it's been a long time since i feel like we could say that again this hasn't been a team that's been super exciting um in the last handful of years even when they've been winning and this team has the attention of baseball everywhere for good reason on so many different
0: levels yeah, you're right. I mean, end of season awards on everything, but they're kind of nice. And the Cardinals very likely are going to have people getting votes at least in probably all four major categories, right? I mean, yeah. obviously MVP. I mean, if if one of the Cardinals don't win it, it's because they've <laughs> cannibalized kind of votes <laughs> yeah. from each other. Um, you know, Miles Michaelis is probably going to get some Young votes. Adam Wainwright might. Um, Brendan Donovan in the, you know, Nolan Gorman, both could have rookie of the year votes. Um, I'm not saying they're winning, but they'll probably have some right. votes. And then, you know, I think there's a really good case for Ali Marmol as manager of the year. Yeah. Um, as much as, you know, whatever that, for whatever that's worth, I guess. But, I mean, you throw all that in. It's, you're right. We haven't had the star power. We haven't been able to win. The Cardinals have been able to win, but they haven't necessarily had the star power. And now they've got star power they've got it's a it's a completely balanced team that's got so many interesting facets that uh, yeah i don't know that we'll see this again it's almost it's this perfect storm that you really would like to see finished off with a ring that might be asking yeah. about maybe maybe needing to slip some money to the screenwriters but um <laughs> man it's almost it's almost in a different way it would be a disappointment like 2002 right cuz 2002 <laughs> they made this run after Daryl Call died and when Jack Buck was gone and it was like with it for Jack and, and Daryl and and they fell short and it was disappointing and in a different way, I think if you didn't send out Albert and Yachty with a ring with a team like this, it would also be a disappointment. I mean, they're not going to be a favor by favorite by any means when they go into the playoffs, but I think this team has proven that they can play with just about anybody when they're going well.
1: Yeah. I think that's the thing Uh, we were talking about just this, just the other day that, you know, there are maybe four teams that you would really say, Hey, these are the world series favorites right now on paper, Mm -hmm. based on what they've done this season. I think the Yankees falling apart (laughs) makes them maybe not so much in that conversation right now, uh, although they certainly could be. And while I don't think the Cardinals are in that conversation to say like, wow, this is a team that's definitely going to go far in the postseason. I think the timing is everything. And this Cardinals team playing like they are right now, I think they could go up against anyone. Mm-hmm. And I haven't felt that way uh, very often in the last, like I said, handful of years. So while it still maybe doesn't feel like, oh, they're clearly the best team in the National League it does feel like, Hey, they can hang with anybody in the national league right now. They, they swept the best in baseball Yankees and sort of <laughs> caught them in the early stages of this free fall. But you know, that that's not nothing. And um, I think it, it has them feeling confident, which is great. It has them playing with that sort of contagious, everybody building off the the last guy kind of mentality. And um, you know, the reinforcements they got at the trade deadline may have been exactly what they needed. And then guys stepping up. Uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. It doesn't always have to be Dylan Carlson or Tyler O'Neill. It could be Brendan Donovan. It could be Tommy Edmond. It could be Paul DeYoung. It, you know, there are so many options available to be that third or maybe fourth guy. I don't think anyone anticipated uh Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado and Albert Pujols <laughs> to be your big 3 this year, but here we are in late stages of August and that's what it is right now. So mm-hmm. we all know how quickly things can change, but um they've they've put themselves in a really good position and been really interesting and <laughs> exciting in the process.
0: <laughs> yeah, now we'll find out a lot more about this team this week of course five games in wrigley which is wrigley it's in a five game series you just never know exactly what that's going to look like um but did the cardinals have host the braves for three games before they go back on the road for cincinnati and you know the braves are going to be a real test as well you're right i mean when they beat the yankees that's looking a little less (laughs) it's uh, (laughs) um rewarding as it it
1: was in the moment right
0: um (laughs) but you know if they can come out and win two of three against Atlanta even at home i mean i think that gives you a little bit more a little bit more excitement yeah. about what this team can do now they're going to you know they have a st- stretch at the very end of the season where they go out to San Diego and LA mm-hmm. and i think they've got to kind of be circling those games on the calendar right now because that is going to be a real you know late season kind of a true test. I mean, the Dodgers will have the division clinched by then. And so it may not be quite the same, but that that's going to be a little bit of, Hey, we can play with these guys. And that may be the, what they kind of, you know, that kind of little fire that they need for October.
1: Yeah. It's an interesting schedule the rest of the way, because Mm -hmm. waiting, I shouldn't say waiting, but not taking the division lead until as late as they did. Um, yes, we could talk about the all the ways things are going wrong for the brewer, Brewers right now as well, um, but it's not a situation where the Cardinals can, even towards the end of the season, say, oh, okay, well, we've got you know six out of the next 12 against Pittsburgh, so we're not too worried about it, right? Because they kind of need to keep the momentum. Mm-hmm. There's not enough time left in the season to have a big dip where you go, oh, they lost three series in a row and they still have the division lead, but now they're going into that week with the Dodgers and the Padres. You'd hate to see them hit that that week, that stretch, not carrying some momentum, right? Because that's been so significant in kind of propelling them to this or through this stretch. So um, it's sort of a weird time of the year to put all the pieces together because (laughs) – It's not like when you do that in in May or June and then you can say, okay, if we're not great in July, that's not the worst thing in the world. Um, There's not a lot of time to rebound if you fall off at this this stage of the game. So it just, you know, it feels like a typical Cardinals thing where it's like, hey, once once they uh, push the gas all the way down, (laughs) you you can't let up. There's no time for that. So you just got to keep. Rolling through these weeks where the the competition maybe isn't quite as intense, so that you don't lose any of that momentum and and sort of that. Um, the the preparation so that the preparation doesn't get too different before you put yourself back against those teams that are, are playoff contenders and and could be postseason, you know, series of opponents at that point. So, the Padres. Aren't as intimidating as maybe we thought they were going to be. Um, but there's still nothing to uh, take lightly. And the Dodgers are the Dodgers. <laughs> they're, they're just what they are at this point. You you always expect them to um, be a tough out. So, weird stretch for the Cardinals, I think, in my mind, just because it's sort of extremes. You've got teams that are already way out of the, the conversation. Uh, Just trying to get to the end of the season in some cases and teams that are, uh, you know, setting themselves up for a postseason run. And it's a good test, but it's also a good way to get caught in those (laughs) less significant series um, and then let that kind of screw things up for later.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is true. So not everything is hunky dory. Um, And before we get into maybe what the pitching staff and some of the little little issues that might have been there um yadi or molina leaves the team goes on the restricted list for a couple of days to go back to puerto rico as it has been and this has been a weird season for yadi right i mean he was on the restricted list earlier in the year then he went home for rehab and was there for like two months comes back and now he's gone back it was set it was termed as business reasons his basketball team did win a championship down there and it's a little bit weird there's there's video of him facetiming the team so maybe he wasn't actually in the arena but then there's pictures of him with the trophy i don't know what's going on does it matter i mean we missed two games of yachty one of which he probably wouldn't have played anyway i say that kisner played both of these games so maybe he would have um Did it, I guess, yeah. Does it really matter that Yachty's off doing whatever Ayati wants to do um, in a situation like this?
1: So I have sort of conflicting feelings about this because strictly X's and O's, did it matter that Yachty or Molina was not there for a couple of games this particular weekend? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) It didn't matter at all. It's not going to matter down the stretch. He's going to be there for the series in Chicago, which was more significant at that point. Anyway, he's going to catch Adam Wainwright's next start. We all yeah, I mean, it's fine. Had he been with the team and not played these two days because they were just like, ah, oh, we're going to give him back to back days off since it's going to be a long stretch next week. Nobody would have thought anything of it. In fact, we probably would have been saying good for you, Ollie Marmol, making uh, Yadier Molina take a little bit of time off, mm. except for the fact that he's been away from the team as much as he has. So, does it matter in a baseball sense, X's and O's impacting the game? No, not at all. However, it's so strange because I'm more and more convinced that I, I don't know if Yachty really wanted to play again this year. I think in his head, he had already moved past his playing career. And whatever the conversation was that convinced him to come back and play this year or whomever it was that convinced him that this was a good idea, the commitment level has not exactly been what we've come to expect from Yachty or Molina, who doesn't take a day off and whatever the personal reasons are, I'm not suggesting that the knee didn't need rehab, but didn't need that long. Who really knows? Um, so it just feels It feels off to me because the entire season has felt like he's just one breath away from not being there at all mentally. And I don't love that. (laughs) I can't imagine that his teammates, if it was anyone other than Yadier Molina, would love that. And there may be some who are not going to say anything out loud because it is Yadier Molina, but are going, really? Like right now you're, you're taking time off to just go be there for your other business venture. Like what? Um, it feels weird. And I love Yadier Molina. I will be sad that we don't get to see him play anymore and that he's not part of this conversation and, and part of this team and the leadership that's there. But this doesn't feel great. And I think it's okay to say both. Did it affect the team in any significant way on the field? Probably not. In fact, in my mind, absolutely not. But does it feel weird? And like, if it was anyone other than Yadier Molina, this would not be okay? Um, yes.
0: Yeah, I, I, of course, it's hardly anybody besides Yadier Molina that could own a basketball team, too. So <laughs> well, true. I mean, yeah. But he wasn't
1: playing in the basketball game. <laughs> Like I he had that. to physically be present for them to win.
0: That's that's fair. And I, I get that. And I can understand I mean because this is not like I mean we see people that get upset when players like Brian Helsley this week okay. took off for a right. fraternity leave, and that's absolutely ridiculous, right? I entirely mean entirely different. I mean, yeah. yes, exactly. Um we saw a lot of people get worked up when Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt were not vaccinated and could not go to Toronto. That they yeah. were, you know, crushing the, the team's hopes didn't seem to have worked out that way. But you know, right. that was the way it was. Um. So I mean, uh, you know, yeah, I, I it, it's like there's a sliding scale. There's a lot of just strange things this year, I guess. Um, and part of me gets it. To, I mean, part of me is like, yeah, you know, if he's invested in this team, and obviously he was, he was down in rehab. Kicking basketballs. Um, so, I mean, this is something that really seems to be, that has a hold on him. Right. And he wants to be there for that first, you know, first championship. I can, I can sign to see that, uh, you know, we're assuming that's all this is again, if, if that's what he wanted to do, why was he not apparently at the game? So there may have been other issues. I'm not hundred percent convinced that there's not some sort of family issue going on there too, that he's still wrestling with. Mm-hmm. um i don't i don't know but yeah yeah i mean we do we are baseball always has been the rules are there for some people but not for others and that's just kind of that's yeah. society in general just i mean i guess mm-hmm. but um but you're right i think that's i think that's a really good point that uh, this may have been part of the deal right yeah. uh, Yachty comes by and says hey fine. I'll come back. I'll do the Goodwill tour. I will, you know, I think, you know, we'll do X, Y, and Z, but I've got to be, I've got to have flexibility. I've got to be able to get away. And, you know, I, I continue to think that they should use this time to figure out what they have with yeah. Kisner and Herrera. And I, they seem to be focusing more on Kisner. I'm really not hundred percent sure why they bothered <laughs> with him on Herrera. Um, although I guess once Kisner got his hit on the hand today, I guess they, well, well, for a minute, there looked like, yeah, I saw the the, the video, you know, of Kisner of uh, Herrera looking around like, Oh, ooh, do I get to go in? You know? <laughs> Is and, it my uh, turn? <laughs> yeah. Not so much. Um, and I don't know that, I don't know that Kisner's passing the test either. Right. I mean, right. again, hit on the hand today. That's, that was um, catcher's interference. Uh, and I believe somebody told me this is the third time this year, fourth time in his career that he's had catcher's interference, which ties him with Yadier Molina's career. is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, a little bit different um, span of time there. Um, I like that he's hitting the ball right. I, I he seems to be hitting a little bit more. Yeah, but I still think the Cardinals have a lot of questions about what behind the plate's gonna look like next year. And even with this time of Yachty being gone, I don't know that it's they're getting the answers that they really want or are necessarily treating it the right way. I you know, again, yeah. why are you going to get austin romine when Yadi's out for two years two months you know that's kind of weird
1: yeah you know it's strange and just to to finish that thought on on yadi real quick um i agree if this was somehow worked into the deal that he could do this stuff and just be like hey i have this other thing that i made a priority in my life i need to go take care of it then fine i mean i still don't think it feels great in terms of like making the the thing that you're doing a priority, uh, but, but at the same time, you know, who am I to say that you can only have one priority in life right. <laughs> and it has to be baseball. Right. So if that's part of the conversation and they, they knew that that was a possibility that it was part of the deal that he had this flexibility. Fine. And, you know, do I think that someone who's been in the game as long as Yadier Molina has, should maybe have a little bit of um, flexibility in terms of like, Hey, don't question my commitment just because I also have other things going on. Sure, Um, but I guess you know my point was, regardless of all of that, even if that's the case, it's not, it's not great optics. It doesn't feel great like he's super invested in this. The same way that Albert Pujols is, or or Adam Wainwright is, or whatever the case may be. Mm. So that's all. I mean, I, I. In the end, I don't think it's a big deal. I I think that it just feels a little weird, (laughs) especially with the way the rest of the season has gone. But to your point about catchers, absolutely. I mean, I think it's not been a conversation this season because there's been way too many other things that are more fun to talk about. Um, But in the offseason, this is going to be a real serious hole that the Cardinals are trying to fill and figure out, are we okay with? Andrew Kisner being that guy and not being a defensive wizard and also not being the most consistent at the plate. Or are we okay with handing the reins over to Herrera, who was clearly overwhelmed the first time he, he tried to, uh, to to take that spot at the major league level to the point where Ollie Marmol basically said like, there's a lot he still has to figure out before he, <laughs> before he gets that chance again. Um, are you comfortable handing all of this off to him knowing what the expectations are going to be following in Yadier Molina's footsteps? Or do you look somewhere else? I think those are all really big, important questions about an important role that's going to be um, a vacancy at the end of this year while Yadier Molina moves on to things he already has lined up, like owning a basketball team and um, managing in winter ball, which is great. I'm very happy for him.
0: And I will say, I think you're to your point about, whether Yachty is as committed as at least what it looks like committed to this team. It's because he's been so committed. Right. It's just so different. I mean, it's a guy that doesn't take a day off that, you know, slams a manager on Instagram when he, so, you know, gets implied that he's tired.
1: (laughs) Right. Um,
0: That Yachty or Molina would never have taken that time off this year. It's definitely a, a different Yachty. Now, I I think when Yachty's here, he's here. I mean, you know, he's he's oh, sure. focused yep. on the team, and totally. And I think we've he's proven that even at this age. Again, it goes back to the point. He's still the best catcher the team has. Yes. <laughs> um. You know, we didn't think that, and especially earlier in the year, I don't think we thought that. Right? It was, um. You know, Yachty needs to play on every other every few days or whatever, and but with the way that Kisner's played, with you know, with Austin Romine's. Era with the few times that we've seen Evan Herrera, it still shows. I think Yadi's still the best, for, especially behind the plate. And I think that we've seen the results be so much better from the pitching staff when Yadi's back I there. Agree. Which again yeah. goes back to what we're saying: this is a hole that it's going to be a problem <laughs> because he's not going to be there next year. They're yeah. going to have to figure this out. But you know, hopefully, hopefully, whatever the problem is, if it's something besides his basketball team, it won't flare up again. Right. Um, between now and the end of the year. Because I think that if Yadier Molina goes on the restricted list and goes back to Puerto Rico with 10 games left, even if the Cardinals have clinched, I I don't know that that goes over anymore. Anyway, and I don't want to see the, the legend, I guess, of Yadier Molina be at all, you know, tinged to here at the end right. yeah. by some questionable decisions.
1: Yep, so. I agree. Yep. I agree, and I think the the bullpen in particular, uh, as you mentioned, looks very different without Yadier Molina behind the plate.
0: Yeah, so let's let's get on. I mean, we've already hit the thirty minutes, but let's talk a little bit about the pitching stuff in general, but especially the bullpen. I mean, but again, you know, today we saw um, Katana have his worst outing, and I think I'd have to look. I didn't check this. I think it's the first time he's thrown to uh, Kisner um hmm. since he's been a cardinal yeah um it feels like you know it felt like in the middle of the year that yadda and Malina, i mean adam wainwright they're interchangeable um
1: <laughs> one in <and> the same
0: <laughs> right i mean he's accepting all yadda's gifts right exactly. he, accept boston, <laughs> he accepted them in boston he accepted them in arizona
1: See, I just did it. Wainwright's not going to need a farewell tour because he's doing it all for <laughs> st- he's the stand-in for Molina's farewell tour.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, I've I've kind of my my personal theory, and that will probably be disproven, proven, is that Adam Wainwright doesn't want a, a, re- a farewell tour. Yeah. He doesn't want that attention. So, yeah, he gets that kind of secondary this way. <laughs> and then at the end of the year, he's going to say he's done. Um, but that's another story. We have seen the bullpen be a little bit shakier. As of late, you know how how concerned are you about especially the bullpen? I don't I don't think the rotation is really an issue except for Dakota Hudson, who's always an issue. Um, but this bullpen, how how concerned are you with what what we're seeing?
1: I think this week may have been sort of the perfect storm: uh, the absence of Molina, as you mentioned, the absence of Ryan Helsley, um, who is away from the team for the birth of his. Uh, child, which congratulations to, to them for that as well. Um, You know, it puts some guys in different positions and the short start from Quintana today, obviously led to a bit of a scramble that didn't quite follow the script. I would have imagined (laughs) it was going to follow. It worked out how that plays out when you've got five games in four days at Wrigley. I I don't know. We'll see, I guess, but the, the choices there have been a little odd uh, at times, So maybe it's the perfect storm of all of those things coming together and and guys not quite being there. Um, But I think Jordan Hicks is not the Jordan Hicks that he was when we all got really excited every time he came in the game. And perhaps that's just having been out for so long and kind of trying to get the consistency back, the command back there. I worry a little bit about him just because Mm. his stuff presents as what you would expect for a guy who can pitch in high leverage situations, his command issues do not. And I don't know that that's a Yadier Molina fix. Maybe it Mm -hmm. is, maybe it's not. Um, I think Gallegos has been concerning much of this season. And when we saw Molina a couple weeks ago, go out and tell him, give me one good pitch. All of a sudden you started to see the confidence build back up. In Gallegos, after he he was able to come away successfully from that appearance, but he's certainly not what I would consider trustworthy yet in those super high leverage situations. Um, And then you have sort of a mixed bag of guys that, in the right situation, under the right circumstances, are going to be fine, um, but also could not be. And that's not a great comforting feeling going into these really important stretches where, look, it's worked out because the starting pitching has been phenomenal. When you get nine innings, (laughs) eight innings out of Adam Wainwright and Miles Michaelis, every other time they they start, you feel okay with how you can align your, your bullpen after that. Um, You know, even Jordan Montgomery has probably gone deeper into games than, was a guarantee with him coming over from the Yankees and Quintana. I, I said this when the trade happened and I think we've seen it too, probably not going to be the guy that goes really deep into games for you. Most of the time, um, not really the the profile of, of Quintana at this point in his career, but mm-hmm. um, you certainly hope for more than two or three <laughs> um, when you put him out there and, and that can m- um, misalign the rest of, that relief core as well. So like I said, there are certainly concerns. I think this week felt a little to me like, uh, okay. Th- these were some circumstances outside of the norm. So I don't know how to kind of slot those in, but I do think there's a Yadier Molina factor, especially for, um, some of the guys who, whether it's lacking the confidence or uh, look I don't think a Kisner meeting on the mound goes like a Molina meeting on the mound goes. And I think that Molina can say things and pull strings and push buttons that nobody else can. Does that work for everybody? No. That doesn't mean that Molina is the best catcher for every pitcher that's ever played the game. But the guys that he knows really well, he probably knows how to push those buttons differently than Kisner does. Now, I will say, I think the guys that Kisner caught all through the minor leagues often have more success with him behind the plate than somebody who's not as familiar um, with that dynamic. I don't know that I actually could prove those prove that to you with numbers. <laughs> I haven't looked at those comparisons, but in my head, that's how it works. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's just a, a difference in comfort level sometimes, if nothing else. Um, to succinctly answer your question, I'm concerned but not overly at this point because I think – I think there's still good options. Um, You get Jack Flaherty back into the mix in some capacity. And that probably, well, I was going to say that probably gives you a few more options. I don't know that Dakota Hudson out of the bullpen is a great option either. Um, But they they have pieces. I think at this point, it's just using them the most effectively and having everyone there all at the same time. And if that can happen, then they may be able to line everyone up in, in the way to be most successful.
0: Yeah, it feels like bullpens ebb and flow anyway, right? Exactly, I mean, yeah. usually we talk about it over a span of years, but it can happen inside of a season as well. You know, pitchers, you know, they get tired or they get predictable and it takes something to wear them out. You'd rather see it now than the last two weeks of the season. which right. <laughs> I mean, we may see it the last two weeks of the season. We'll see, but um, you're right. I think that, it was a little bit scary to think when we found out on friday afternoon friday morning that ryan helsley wasn't making this trip uh to arizona absolutely yeah then it it's like okay how do you win a game without ryan helsley as a as an option i mean i don't know that I mean, one way is to score eight runs in the ninth inning. And that's, <laughs> that's I like that yep, option. Yep. Yeah, that's a cool <laughs> option. But, and one is to have Miles Michaelis go eight innings. And that's great too. Yep. Um. But then you saw it today where, yeah, your starter doesn't go long. um, And you kind of piece it together. And yeah, uh, it's it, about the time you give up on somebody. Like we knew Chris Stratton had had some really bad luck and had given up a lot of hits mm-hmm. that probably, yeah. you know, it was going to, it was going to settle, but to see him go what two and two thirds today, yeah. uh, of scoreless ball, that was, that was impressive. And to see Gallegos really shut it down today without, and, and it pitched well last night too, yep. before the game got out of hand. Um, yeah, I think there's a few guys that are starting to bounce back and that's a, that's a good thing too. So, I mean, when the, when the, postseason comes you've got a guy out of the rotation um it's going to be fascinating to see what they do i think we know when jack Flaherty comes back and he looks good Mm -hmm. so far mo was down there watching him today apparently left impressed i still feel like after the last time they're not going to risk it by rushing to the big leagues yet but he'll be here you know in a couple weeks for sure. Yeah. they keep talking about Stephen Matz perhaps making it back this year. I I'm less positive about that, but if they did, <laughs>
1: Agreed.
0: I mean, that's six starters not counting Dakota Hudson and you only need probably four in the postseason. So you're going to be able to supplement that bullpen right. with somebody. And, you know, I think, you know, they've gotten rid of TJ McFarland. They've gotten rid of a lot of the dead weight you know, flammable mm-hmm. <laughs> type of guys that we've seen over the last couple of years that the bullpen is full of guys that are, are solid contributors for the most part. And, you know, putting a couple starters out there could only make it better for the postseason. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not just terribly concerned just yet. Um, but I, you know, hopefully that's, hopefully things like Jordan Hicks will, will continue to improve mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know, I think we've kind of learned that maybe you pitch him one inning and you give him a couple of days off. It's just, you can't run him out there very often.
1: Right. <laughs> Which, um, you know, not ideal. We'd like to see him, um, find that sweet spot of, <laughs> of utilizing the incredible skill set he has and being able to, uh, manage it, um, in terms of a schedule and, and something that keeps him sharp, uh, but doesn't allow for that overuse that, kind of exposes him a bit.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, there's so many other things we could talk about. We didn't talk about Paul DeYoung and his um his struggles. We haven't talked about, you know, anything, but we really didn't even talk about <laughs> Nolan Arenado being, you know, some sort of wizard at third base. I mean, there's so many things we could talk about, but we've gone long already and these things will hold, most likely. So until next week when we've watched the Cardinals hopefully beat up on the Cubs and and take their measure against the Braves for Terra. I'm Daniel. Good night.
1: Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under podcasts and click subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in baseball heaven.